Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today is going to be taken from the reading in the Gospel of Matthew for this Easter Sunday. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we give you thanks this day for the victory over sin, death, and the grave. We give you thanks for Jesus, who can be contained by nothing. Lord God, you have conquered all that opposes us, and in these days where we live in such fear and uncertainty, your promises remain true, and your Son remains alive. So we thank you for that this day, Lord. Teach us to trust in your word and give us confidence as we hear it this day. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. The grave is where everything ends. That's where we expect everything to end. And that's, that's what we're afraid of. It's where everything ended for the women on Good Friday when they saw their friend, their rabbi, their Lord, Jesus Christ, crucified. When they saw him die and his corpse taken off of that cross, carried by a man named Joseph of Arimathea to a tomb purchased by Joseph. And there they laid the body of Jesus. They rolled the stone in front of the grave. There these women saw the one who claimed to be the resurrection and the life laid down dead. And it all ended at the grave, that tomb. That grave, that tomb, it ruined everything. They had such high hopes for this Jesus. They expected this Jesus to be the one, to be their Savior, to, to drive out all of their enemies and give them power. He had come forgiving sins. He had come raising the dead and performing incredible miracles. But now he lay dead in a grave. That's where everything ends. And it ruins everything. And it causes us to be afraid. Let's waste no time this Easter morning with niceties in this sermon. That is exactly why you are afraid, isn't it? Death. You're afraid of death right now. And if not death itself, certainly some form of sickness or virus that might get you and take you to the grave sooner than you would like. And because of this, you are afraid, and that's why you're not here today. That's why I'm preaching to an empty sanctuary, mostly. That's why I'm talking into a camera and you're sitting in your living room. Because we're afraid of sickness and we're afraid of death. This coronavirus alongside of our fear, well, what has it done but ruin everything? It ruined Holy Week for us, right? I mean, it really hit me last Sunday when I was sitting in, in my living room with my family, and I love it. I love being able to sort of go to church in that strange sort of way with my family. But then we started singing all glory, laud, and honor. And it struck me, I couldn't hear you guys. And it bothered me. It, it, it kind of ruined Palm Sunday for me because we weren't together. And then we weren't together for Monday, Thursday, or for Good Friday. Now, for Easter. And it's ruined our celebration. There's no omelets this morning. And I love the omelets. There's, there's, there's no new dresses and suits for the kids. And, and there's no plastic Easter egg hunt. There's none of this. All of this stuff has been ruined by this virus. 
because of our fear of death. Death ruins everything. And our fear of it doesn't make matters any better. And really, very often when we are afraid, we begin to act foolishly. We begin to do things that we know we shouldn't be doing. Fear always ruins things even more. Let me, let me give you an example of this. When I was in high school, I played on my soccer team. Well, I, I sat on the bench on my soccer team, let's be honest. I didn't play uh, a whole lot. But when we had games, the team was required to wear to school those days uh, our warm-up outfit. We had jackets and, and pants, and we had to wear these warm-up outfits to school. Well, one morning I woke up on game day, and I found my warm-up pants completely wrinkled. They looked terrible. And it made me very nervous. It made me afraid because, you see, at the age of 17, I was a very vain man, young man, really, at that point. Uh, and I was worried that if I wore these wrinkled pants to school, everybody would mock me, everybody would make fun of me, and my ego would be bruised. So I had to do something in my fear. So to take care of my fear, I decided to iron my warm-up pants. I don't know if you know how this works, but the warm-up pants, whatever material they're made of, uh, they, they're not made to be ironed. In fact, they melt under an iron, which I learned. So I ruined both the pants, and as it turns out, I jacked up that iron pretty well, too. Uh, and what's more, I ruined any chance I had of getting into my coach's good graces, and I sat on the bench that day. In my fear and in my pride, I ruined everything. Well, like a high schooler with an iron on warm-up pants, coronavirus has come along coupled with our fear and it's ruined our Easter plans. And what's more, it's ruining a lot more stuff, isn't it? High school graduations. I mean, it breaks my heart for those guys. You guys, you're not graduating this year in the way you wanted to. And it's frustrating. It's sad. It's ruining our ability to get together. It's ruining our congregation's ability to have the Lord's Supper with one another. And what's more, it's beginning to ruin people's jobs. It's going to help ruin the economy, this disease and Fear caused by it seems to be ruining everything. And there's a sense, though, I want to say today, in which this situation, though it's new to us and kind of strange, shouldn't totally catch us off guard. Because there's always things out there threatening us, seeking to ruin things. And actually, if we start to think about this a little theologically, we might begin to realize that what the coronavirus is doing is it's giving us this sort of strangely marvelous picture of what sin actually does in the world. What sin does to our lives. When sin is introduced into the creation, what happens? It brings fear. It ruins lives. It brings sorrow, and it brings death. And it wasn't supposed to be this way. This is not how God designed the creation to work. The creation, the way God made it, was intended to be without death, to be without sorrow, to be without fear, to not be ruined. It was made to be a gift. It was a gift that he gave to us as his creatures. In this world, we were a gift to each other, and this whole thing was made to live in love. Love and peace and joy, these were the things that guided the creation. Perfect love. Where there's perfect love, there is no fear. There is no death. But then, like that dude at the store who didn't wear his face mask this week and turned around and sneezed on your food, sin showed up. Just like that. Ruined everything. 
it brought fear and doubt, disease and death. And what we're learning in the midst of all of this right now, as much as we want to avoid it, and as Americans we work very hard to avoid the prospect of death, as much as we want to avoid it, the stark reality has been made clear to us. Death is coming. Death is inevitable. Whether it's through this disease or some other way that it will show up, death will find us. We hate that. We fear that. The reality is, no matter how much you quarantine yourself or socially distance yourself or follow all the rules that the government hands down to you, no matter how many face masks you might wear, the reality is you cannot escape sin or its consequences. The grave will come. The grave, the tomb, that's where it all ends. And so we find ourselves here this Easter morning joining the women on their long walk to that tomb. As Matthew tells us, they went there to see the tomb where Jesus was laid. And so we join them this morning on our way to the tomb where everything ends. But, now just just hang on for one second before we get any more cynical or depressed here now. As we find these women to the tomb this morning what do we see what do the women see they show up at this graveyard at this tomb and suddenly they're surprised to find that the stone has been rolled away and there, seated on top of the stone in front of that open tomb is an angel and this is something new and completely unexpected listen to what matthew tells us behold there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was as lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. Now, now just think about this for a moment. There they, they go and they're expecting to find nothing but death and the end of Jesus, and instead they find this angel, this angel who shows up, and the text tells us he is sitting on a stone that he has rolled away from the front of the tomb. And I love this image of the angel sitting there. I mean, this is, this is just such a fascinating picture to me. It almost reminds me of like when you go to a park. We used to be able to go to parks. You may remember those days. And you go to a park and you see like this, this little girl sitting on a park bench and she's got this massive lollipop and she's just swinging her legs back and forth, grinning and smiling and waiting for her friends. And then she sees her friends and her eyes get big and she starts to giggle and laugh and call them over to come and see her. That's what this angel is doing. This angel, you, you, you could bet the women would almost think he was giggling. Were they not so afraid of him? You too might find yourself laughing if you weren't so terrified. But there sits the angel and he laughs on that stone and he begins to laugh a sermon, some good news, into their fearful ears. The angel looks at them and doesn't talk to them about endings, but about something entirely new. Listen to the sermon of the angel today. Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. Ah, he is risen, just as he said. Now, come see the place where he lay. Then 
Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. And there you will see him. See, we've told you. The angel laughs and preaches this good news into their ears and into our ears and into our hearts. And in a sense, he almost kind of, you know, he almost scorns us a little bit today. And his laughter, he almost scorns us for our self-pity. For here we are, sitting around, upset that we can't be together. Oh, we say, Easter is ruined. And the angel looks at you and says, Easter is ruined? What are you talking about? Come over here. Come here. I want to show you something, the angel says. I want you to see this tomb. I rolled the stone away from it so you could look inside. Now come over, and guess what? Look what you're going to see. Look in here. What do you find? Nothing. You find nothing. Why? Because Jesus isn't here. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Death didn't ruin anything for Jesus. Jesus has ruined death. Jesus has conquered the grave. This pandemic hasn't ruined Easter. Easter ruins the pandemic. Because Easter is the overcoming of death. Jesus has conquered the grave, and he's done it for you. Yes, I agree. It is sad that we cannot be together today. But here's the reality, guys. There's a lot of churches throughout the world and throughout the history of the world who have celebrated Easter in far more dire circumstances than we are. I have a very good friend who, who wrote a wonderful uh, article this week online, and he reminded us that the world always has celebrated Easter. Christians have always celebrated Easter under dire circumstances. Because Jesus didn't come into a world that was full of plastic eggs and pretty dresses. But he came into a world that was infected and cursed, infected by sin and bound for the grave. And that never stopped him, not once. In fact, he took that grave head on when he died on the cross for the sins and the infections of the world. And then he rose again on the third day, leaving all of those things behind and promising us victory, promising us resurrection and eternal life. Yeah, it's sad. We don't get to put on our new dresses and we don't get to hunt for Easter eggs. And I really do honestly miss those omelets. The reality is Easter has never, ever once been about those things because none of that stuff is Jesus. And though the virus has tried to ruin our celebration, Jesus rose anyhow, and the angel still sits there laughing, laughing at Jesus and his victory over the, over the grave. And now as you sit there this morning, you find that not this virus, not death, nothing can stop this message of Jesus from getting into your ears and into your hearts. No death, no disease can stop the forgiveness of sins. No grave can control Jesus Christ. And so the laughter of the angel lands in your ears today, and it starts to wake you up to this reality that Jesus is stronger than the virus. Jesus is stronger than the grave. And so we say together with the angel. He is risen, and you respond by saying what? He's risen indeed. Alleluia. 
And you don't have to be in the sanctuary to say that today. As I go through this next section, I'm going to say he has risen a lot, and you're going to respond a lot that he has risen indeed, and you're going to say it right there on your couch. Because Jesus Christ is still risen and in your presence now. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And this now means that death is defeated. This means that we don't have to be afraid of it any longer. Will it find us? Yeah, unless Jesus returns. Yeah, death might get us, and it might be through a virus or something else. One way or another, it might find us, but it can't hold on to us for very long because Jesus has conquered the grave, and he has removed death's grip from us. Death is now temporary. It is nothing more for us than a blessed sleep from which we will arise to live with our Father in heaven forever. And this is true because he has risen. He has risen indeed. Alleluia. And the reason Jesus can conquer death for us is because he's removed the cause of death, the ultimate cause of death, that is sin. When he went to the cross on Good Friday and when he went to that cross, he took all of your sins with him, your sins, my sins, our entire sinful nature, he carried it with him to the cross and there he died for it, washed all of it away in his blood, brought it with him down into the grave and when he rose on Easter morning, he left that stuff behind. So that as he walked out of the tomb, he came with one message for you. Your sins are forgiven, for he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And not only has he done this for you, giving you the forgiveness of your sins, but now in rising from the dead, he's shown us that he is going to set the whole creation free. That when he returns again to judge the living and the dead, this whole creation is going to join him in this resurrection celebration and he is going to make all things new so that everything that brings sorrow and, 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 and depression and sickness and evil and sin and all of this, all of it will be gone. And everything will ultimately and finally be made right. This is exactly what Jesus promises to us and it is 100% true. It is a fact. How do I know this? Because he is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Ha ha. Take that, death. Now, to be fair to death and the devil, you know, they gave it a good go this year. They really tried to come after us and they took a shot. They kind of showed up, you know, this year uh, like the Grinch at Christmas going down to Whoville. And they went down to Whoville and they took all the decorations and they, they took all the, all the presents and they even took the roast beast and, you know, and all of this. And, and, and they took it up on the hill coronavirus and, and all of this showed up. Fear showed up this year and wear the dresses to church and we couldn't find the eggs and we don't get the omelets and all of this and it's all very sad. But you know what? Here's the reality. They couldn't take Easter. They couldn't take Jesus because Jesus is risen from the grave and he has ruined death's dark plans and he has saved you. And you now have this hope that he will return for you one day. And there will be a loud trumpet blast, and there will be the cry of an archangel. And maybe that cry will sound like this sort of glorify, uh, this glorious, holy, terrifying, invigorating laughter. And we'll join in that laughter when Christ calls us forth from the grave, and we will finally see him face to face, just as he has said. And we will join with the angels in that heavenly song and that heavenly laughter for all of eternity. So fear not, dear saints. Laugh and rejoice, for the grave is not the end. No, with Jesus, 
Everything is made new. And for he is risen. He is risen indeed. And he is risen for you. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for the victory over sin that you have forgiven us, for the victory over the grave that Jesus is risen for us, and for the promise of eternal life that you have granted to us in our baptism. We ask you now, O Lord, that with these promises you would drive out fear. Help us to recognize, Lord, that everything does not end in the grave, but ultimately and finally we will live in the resurrection and everlasting life. For this we give you thanks, in Jesus' name.